Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8, this is the Amplified Version, you can sit down if you'd like. It said, He will establish you to the end, keep you steadfast, give you strength, and guarantee your vindication. He will be your warrant against all accusation or indictment so that you will be guiltless and irreproachable in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit of God, I tell you this day, there is vindication coming. But it will not come through people rising up and trying to force it. It comes by the hand of God. And where there's been accusation and where there's been hurt, there is coming healing. We do not deny and God does not wink at what has happened to his people. He knows the state of the land. And he's appointed us to walk in healing, to see that vindication, to see the captives set free. He's healing our land. Regardless of what you see, he's doing it. And I decree vindication for the land. Healing for Canada. Healing of the nation. So be it. So be it. We are Canada. Not the dirt under our feet. We. And he's healing his people. He's healing the places. He's healing the things we've seen with our eyes. He's healing the moments of pain. And we this day decree forgiveness that comes by and through the blood of Jesus to those who have wronged and those who may have wronged. Jesus, we receive your forgiveness and we issue it this day. Let us be a forgiving nation. We release forgiveness. We release forgiveness. We release forgiveness. And thank you for healing Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will walk on healed soil. Amen. Amen. Just, we're just going to carry on and you can sit down if you'd like. <laughs> Some days we just have to move how the spirit leads and the children can do their thing. Just going to carry on and 
If you fall out in the floor while we're speaking the word, that's okay for you too. We know our nation, this people, needs an encounter. We need an encounter. We need that place where we're come in contact with the presence of God bigger than when we were born again. Some of us, it's been so long, we don't remember. But I'm telling you this day, it's coming. It's coming. It comes as our people begin to yield and allow his presence to come in deeper. And sometimes we, we hesitate because we're people. But as the Lord works in us, he brings us to that place where death is sort of easy. <laughs> Amen. And as he works that death in us, then going forward is easy. You know what he told Moses when, when he says, God, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I don't know if I can go forth. I, I, I don't speak well. And many Canadians, believers, have said, I don't know if we can do this. There is a great calling on our nation. But I don't know if we can do this. Look at us. We're just Canadians. We're just this or we're just that. Isn't that what Moses said? I, I'm not good at speaking. I'm not good at speaking. And he said, you're not alone. Look, you got your brother. <laughs> Look around you. We are not alone. Amen. We have our brother and we have our sister. And you know what he told him? He says, I'll put words in your mouth. You say that. And I'm going to teach you how to follow. I'm going to teach you how to follow. Some of us need to learn that. We can get places fast if we go by ourselves, and I've noticed that. Hang on, I'll just go get it myself. We've all done that, right? Anybody ever done? I can, man, and you can do it. You can do it so quick if you go by yourself. If we go with others, however, we can go longer and farther. Right? You know, because I've only got so much energy, and I'll only have one piece. Um. The peace that God put in me. I need you. You need me. And running together makes it different and better and much more. Let's run together. God put something very unique in you, each of you. Let us not put it down anymore. It's a good thing what he gave you. God doesn't give junk. It's not possible. He's a good God. What he puts in you is good. Amen. And that good peace is necessary. My cousin and I, uh, one of my cousins, um, in the last few years, just because of, you know, life. Life happens, right? And we communicate now and then, primarily at weddings and funerals. You know, you don't see them. They're, she's a believer. But in this last time, we've come together and united in prayer in a new way and lifted together. And you know what? It's much better. Being together is so good. We've learned more about each other in prayer than we did before when we knew each other. There's something about knowing people in the spirit. It changes. We run together. What's in her is necessary for me. What's in me is necessary for her. 
what's in you is needful. It's needful. And we can go farther and longer and stronger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just wipe up. I came up here this morning. I thought, my goodness, I almost need a suitcase. <laughs> going to be Billy Brim. She comes in. She needs a table for putting out everything. And I went back and got my Amplified Bible because sometimes you just need the Amplified version. It's okay. You take your time, Doreen. Just allow the Holy Ghost to do a big work in you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we try to rush things and, you know, uh, oh, well, it's kind of awkward. They're on the ground. But as we heard from Tommy Zito this week, there was someone who came into one of his meetings. He was on, she was on the ground for days and in the end was completely healed of cancer. Let's not rush the work of God. Amen. Let's have that encounter. That's not just a visitation, but builds and puts down the founding pieces to be a habitation of his presence. Let him build that ark, the dwelling place in every one of us. That it be established. Established. Established works. Established works. Established works. Oh, established works. Oh, Jesus. Establishing our work in our hearts. We keep trying to go somewhere today and don't get very far, but it's okay. We trust the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he moves uniquely and we just want to do that. Especially when there's a time, you see, we could, we could have the formula. We could have three fast, too slow a prophecy and away we go. We could have that. But I'd rather have what God has for us this day. That is healing may be wrought in us. That good work. That we will get up and rise and do right. There's such a temptation and pressure to get under this thing and fight with natural weapons as, as this country tries to push through gaslighting the things of, of war and man. But God has a different plan. Things change as our hearts change. I'm a passionate person. I, I, I like to, you know, ah, shock, you know, go after things. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. But there's a day when I have to settle and trust that what God says is bigger than what I think. Amen. And that will keep us all humble. Amen. <laughs> Let's turn to John chapter 1. Mm, let's go to First John, Little John. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for things that help us see. <laughs> Somewhere back here. Amen. Little John 1. <laughs> you know, I call them Little Johns because there's three of them and they're small or shorter. Amen. We'll move this one. First John 1. 1. That which was from the beginning. God had a beginning with you and he had a beginning with me. And we said yes. It's important beginning. 
It's important not to forget that beginning. He always was and he always is and always will be. And his word is the same. This world will pass away, but his word will not pass away. It will not. And there are some of us who have seen his good works. And some of us who have yet to see, but will. But will. There are some who have been saying, when will? I'm telling you it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yes, it is. Hang in there, folks. That which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. At this point, when John was in the earth, there were many people who were coming to him and, and they were trying to discredit even then. These were perilous times that John lived in. And in this time when this was written, they were saying, mm -mm, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And yet John had walked with Jesus. He had been there. He had seen him with his natural eyes. And the disciples moved on and went, hey, wait a minute. What's going on here? And there were many people who came and said, don't believe that. I said, but we saw it. And there's this war against the testimony of what we've seen with our natural eyes. Well, yeah, but I didn't see it. And if I didn't see it, it's not true. We are living in the day where we need to hear from the Holy Spirit, each individual for themselves, so that you will know which is right and which is wrong. We cannot trust the other voices, but we can trust the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we can trust it so well. You will see. You will hear. And God is speaking in this land, and he's speaking to the people of this land. And when you hear it, it's going to be in unity and the same that he said to others. Many times, we as pastors, we don't plan things too much anyway. <laughs> we plan a little like we plan to have lunch after service today. But as far as laying down and we pray together, we hear his voice and we move forward. And God layers it and brings the pieces out of the individual giftings he's placed here. And it's in unity. And when it's not, something's wrong with one of us. And so we'll pray. Mind you, we don't seem to have too much of that because we've had a lot of prayer. Amen. <laughs> and thank you for your prayers as you pray for us. We have seen. And that which we haven't seen yet, we know is coming. Amen. And not just is coming, but is. Yeah. But is. That's what you've heard. Hold fast to those things which he's spoken into your heart. Get them solid. Hold on, hold on to them tightly because they're true and they're right. You see, we've come to an age where there's some things we need to throw down and leave behind. We don't need them. There's a paring down that we need to do of things which we need and things which we don't need. I thought Anne was going to go right there, and then she didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> I thought, yes, this is what was in my heart. There, it, it, we think about it in finances, but there's things spiritually we've carried for years that we don't need. And they've sat on our backs one of the greatest and most faith-filled stories is that of Bartimaeus in, in Mark chapter 9. And he hears Jesus, just like we said here, that which you've seen and which you've heard. There was a hearing that Bartimaeus did, and he heard that Jesus was coming. Now, he was blind, so he would have to use his ears. And in that day, if you were a beggar and you sat at the gates of the city, there were certain even clothes. Having been overseas, I can tell you that in Kenya, I saw similar things. 
people who, who uh, could not walk freely is what they say in the bus stops. There's a place where for those who cannot walk freely, and that's the sign. I thought that's a long word. They don't have the word handicap. So they, they had that as, as signs in places. And if they're in outside of like Nairobi, a big city, and they're in the other places, they just sit at the, where, where you would enter the city. And they would be identified. They were the beggars. And, and if there was, no, there was no welfare system in Kenya. They're starting to have a tax base now, but there wasn't then. And so they would call out to you as you walk by for just some crumbs, if you had them. Bartimaeus sat there, and he heard Jesus was coming. I'm telling you, we need to hear Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, and he's here. And what does he do? After he's finished yelling and stirring up the crowd and making everybody upset, because it wasn't nice. It was out of order. Didn't have the like right order. Thank you very much. You're gonna approach Jesus. You better come properly. Have the right clothes and have the right dignity. And he did not do any of those things. He yelled and made a big noise about it. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody got nervous. Canadians, stop being nervous. Some people might start calling out. And they sometimes, uh, there was a pastor who used to say, some of you don't even know you've cried out for help. But I'm here. <laughs> he could tell. And God knows. God knows. So he cried out. And, and, it's like, and the disciples are like, shh, 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 shh. And in some ways, we've tried to do that with the word of the Lord. What you're doing is awkward. I was alive in the day where we used to have a bulletin at church and follow it line by line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little and never much more. When we got to church, I'd take part of the bulletin, the part that had all the extra stuff in it, and as long as I had the, and then I would get my Bible ready. I had my own hymn book. I brought faithfully every week with me, name in it. And I would tear up pieces of the other side where they had a poem or something, and so that I could be very quick and know which thing came next. I'm telling you, we have to break those cycles. That's an obvious one. But we've come with that same desire for formula living. We said, if you just tell me what to do, I'll tick all the boxes. Eslin kind of made a reference to that this morning in his testimony. Yes, we should pray, but sometimes it's just like that, that instant thought. And we've come with these formulas. And we came to church and we had, you know, a nice sermon. And it was 10 minutes long, not here. It looked kind of disorderly. Mm -hmm. Maria Woodworth Edder said, we know we've met with God when it looks like a demilitarized zone when we're done. <laughs> and there he was, Bartimaeus crying out, making a mess of stuff everywhere. And the most important part I thought was how uncomfortable everybody was. People were uncomfortable with his calling out to Jesus. Makes me think a lot. 
there are days that I've done some things that made myself feel uncomfortable and <laughs> cried out to God in public. Or I've just cried my eyes out. I believe these are things that stop us from the encounter because we're worried and embarrassed and really we're ashamed. We're going to have to come to a place where, you know what? Holy Spirit moves on you and you have a crying thing go on and it's okay. It's okay. We want you to know if such happens that you do fall out or you do begin to cry or maybe you laugh or however the Lord touches you, we're okay with that. I'm okay with that. Our, our fellowship's okay with that. We want you to meet with God. Of course, they did meet with God. Bartimaeus, they finally said, let him come. Well, that was me. I don't know if Jesus did that, but, you know. And they go, the master calls you. Come on. <laughs> Suddenly, everything changed when they realized God was good, good with that. God's good with you having an encounter. God's good with you falling out in the Holy Ghost. God's good with you getting healed. God's good with you getting free. Oh, God's good with that. Oh, he's so good with that. And you know what he does next? He throws down what he's never going to need again. He takes off his cloak. Not all of his clothes, just the, that beggar's cloak. What recognized him, what called him to the disease, what identified him from his past. He took that identification, which he was no longer going to need before he was ever healed. Before he was healed. Before he could see. Before it. And he took that garment and he threw it down and ran to Jesus. And there are things that God is calling us to throw off that have prevented the very encounter We've said we want. Time for a throw away. A casting off. It's very interesting that when Jesus came into, and, and they go, here he comes. He's going to be king. Palm Sunday. That's what we call it now. They didn't have that word for it then. After he gave them instructions. Oh, go down here and you'll see a colt tied up. And go and just get it. If anybody asks you, say the Lord has need of it. Can you imagine somebody going and taking somebody's horse? It's okay. God needs it. And the guy says, sure enough. <laughs> Different time. <laughs> Shouldn't be. So it says when they brought the colt, and now he's going to go into the city. It says they took their coats and put it on the colt. And they threw down palm leaves, but that's not all. They threw down their coats. What they had in this life didn't matter. The king was coming. What they had in this life didn't matter. And they threw down their coats for him to go on with the colt. Walk all over it. Walk all over it. They're good coats. Doesn't say they were, these were not beggars' clothes. These were people of the day. He said, I'm not going to need that anymore. Although there might have been some people afterwards that went, Woo, he walked on my coat. Let's go sell this, you know. There's always those people. There will always be those people. Don't be one of them. Amen. <laughs> Don't be one of the, hey, look, you know, the horse went over this. Mm, you know, special. Well, they bartered for his own clothes. 
gambled for it. Let's hear the principle. Let's see that these things of this world that we thought we so desperately needed, that we so desperately pulled around ourselves to protect ourselves. Oh, look at my clothes, aren't they fine? Hmm. It's nice to have clothes, I understand that. We don't want you walking around naked. But they didn't need some things. It's time for us to recognize and allow the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, you need to pare it down here. You don't need that. What you thought you need is holding you back. Sometimes it's emotional. This person hurt me. I'll never trust again. Things like that. There are different things in different people's coats. Now, I'm not saying that God can't heal, heal you regardless. Of course he can. But why carry the things you don't need? You know, one of the things I learned as I traveled, I could, I could take less. I could. I, I traveled a lot and, and in different countries. And I can tell you, once you've come home a few times with stuff you never wore, you realize, I didn't need that. I didn't need that. There were basics. There were basics, but lots of stuff I didn't need. You know, sometimes I'd travel with five pair of shoes because I wasn't sure, what, you know. And, and then I got one place, and we weren't allowed to wear shoes. So that was special. <laughs> so I had bare feet the whole time in the platform area. I wore shoes outside of that area, but so much for the five fancy pair of shoes I brought. What, what do we need to pare down from? What's God calling us? You know what? Throw that thing down. Get it underfoot. It's holding you back. We don't want any of these things to hold us back from the very encounter we've cried for. Our nation is not as bad as people think. And the greatest scripture that I think is when it's darkest, then it's brightest all at the same time. We prayed for things to come in the light. They're in the light. Don't be shocked. Let's get over it. I think the most difficult time, and I said this earlier, was when we realized that some people are just evil. The devil's filled them. They're not going to do godly things when the devil is in control of their life. The Bible tells us you're going to serve two masters, one or the other. There's two of them. And they don't include self, because as soon as you start living for self, the next thing you know, who you're living for. And people, oh, well, I'm just living for myself. You living for the devil. That's who you're living for, not yourself. Yourself is bad. But you living in your own bad self leads you to living for the devil, because there's only two masters. There's only two. And it's becoming a very clear line. Let's be on the right side of it. It's not that hard, you know, and it's good. Maybe I can find some scripture here. <laughs> I think I'm going to go back to John. Let's go to John 1. Big John. John chapter 1. John, the book of John will help you. It talks so much about the life of God and his goodness and, and just the way it explains it. Every, every gospel's got a different part to it in the same way we have different parts and express God differently. 
Be familiar with them all. And then get the piece out that God's trying to say. All right. John chapter 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. Sound familiar? All right. Go to verse 6. I know. It was good, hey? Moving on. There was a man sent from God whose name was, and say your name. Hmm. People didn't like that. When you got born again, you got sent. When his spirit comes in you, this is you. There was a man sent from God and his name was Gwen. There you go. Isn't that simple? Is he in you? Oh, praise God. The same came for a witness. Are you going to bear witness of him and bear witness of the light that all men through God might believe? We have a purpose. God has a purpose. If, if he didn't have the purpose of his spirit coming in us and then working through us, we may as well just go to heaven now. Get saved, die. Hmm? Right? If we have no purpose, get saved and die and go to heaven. Bless the Lord, it's over. And there's a few people who'd like to do that. But I'm here to share the light, to walk in the light, speak the light. He's teaching me to follow. He's teaching me to speak his word. He's put his words in my mouth. And if I will humble and yield myself to his words, it will flow through me. I'm not different from you. I speak to people, I go to stores, I have to do grocery shopping. It's weird out there. But I'm going to meet people too. And when I'm there, I'm not here. I'm not under the anointing of the pulpit. Could you imagine if I went up to bury my husband? I said, whoa, hallelujah. I'm so glad I'm here to minister to you as your wife. Hmm? Be weird. I'm here to bring the light to you today. It's weird, right? It's weird. It's my husband. I love him. He put, God put it together in the right way. I'm going to treat it right. I'm going to walk it right. But I'm here with a purpose of God to speak his word and to speak his life. And so are we all. In the part and in the way he put us in, right? We're all going to reflect it differently. But I need more than a Sunday morning hallelujah to get me through the week. I do. And, and I had to learn how to not just have a taste or a visitation of his presence. But you see, when his light is in me, it doesn't turn off when I walk out those doors. I need to know his presence on a daily basis. You can t look at habitation and visitation, that kind of thing. Ephesians chapter 2, I think, verse 20. Where God want, longs to build, and he's working at building a habitation in the spirit for each of us. He wants to build that. It didn't happen the first day I said yes to Jesus. As I said, there were times when, and I didn't understand it, I thought I'd come in, I'd experience the presence of God when I was with his body, but when I went home, I felt like, And I had to learn 
how to have his, and acknowledge, it wasn't have, it was acknowledge his presence wherever I was. Because if God's omnipresent, I'm the one with the out switch. I'm the one who disconnected, not him, because he's everywhere. I had to learn how to respond at all times to his presence. I had to learn how to receive him regardless of where I was. I had to learn how to walk in it and hear his voice at all times. Amen? And not just have that little dabble do ya, the little taste. I needed that encounter. I needed that encounter. Come on. You ready? Absolutely. See, this is, God's been putting stuff in our hearts about walking and encountering. Hallelujah. Let's do that. We've been hearing it. You're all looking at me funny. Okay, stand to your feet. Most of us rely on a good worship set to find our way into the presence of God. I got one encouraging, you know, laugh at the front row there. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> How do you enter God's presence? Pastor Gwen said it. Acknowledge. Not struggle, not try, not pray for 45 minutes, not worship with your favorite songs, although that can help you, but that's helping you. And it's really helping you get over your flesh. Spend so much time in the world that our flesh gets accustomed to it. And then when we want to get into the presence of God in which flesh cannot enter, then we have some challenges sometimes. But in this place, we want to move with the Holy Ghost. We want to go His way because His way is good. Amen? And every one of us has the Holy Spirit living on the inside. If you've made Jesus Lord of your life, the Spirit of God lives in you. Hallelujah. Many times we're thinking things like, I've got to get into God's presence. I've got to go to the house of the Lord where the Spirit of God is. Well, guess what? You are the house of the Lord. And it's not so much of you getting into His presence as much as you letting His presence out. Because He's on the inside, praise God. You can't get any closer to God than you are right now. How much closer can you get when He lives inside you? Not much closer than that. But there's a place where we recognize and honor that where we step into that by faith. And every one of us is going to get an opportunity to do that today before the music starts, before we have a time of worship. Every one of us gets an opportunity. Are you ready for that? All right, the first thing I want you to do is quit trying. Stop. Stop. Quit trying. Quit trying. The Bible says it's with an open and sincere heart that we come into His presence. Now, with your mind, you might be thinking, I'm going to say this. I'm going to pray. Don't do that. Just leave that aside. You want to throw some things off? Throw that off. Throw off. Well, I didn't pray enough this week. Well, I did. Throw that off. Are you ready? Here's what I'd like us to do. In just a moment, I'd like all of us to begin to open our mouths and talk to God from our heart. That's it. What's that going to sound like? What's, what are you going to say? I don't know, but you know your own heart. And that's all that we're going to do.
We are believers here. Let's not be thinking about what, uh, what your neighbor's thinking about you or what's going on around you. This is between you and the Father. And you know what he's looking at? He's looking at your heart. So we're going to do that. And I'm going to tell you for the first couple minutes, you're going to feel uncomfortable in your flesh because your flesh don't like that. But we're going to get past that, right? You, you okay with that? Amen. Getting past that? Even if it feels a little uncomfortable for a moment? I want you to consider for a moment what our great heavenly father did to reach you. Think about what he did. He sent his own unique son for you. When you were, his, when you were God's enemy, he sent his son for you because that's how much he wants you. That's his, his, his value of you, is you are worthy of the death of his own son. That's the price that he paid, because that's how valuable you are. Every single one of us are worth the sacrifice of his own son. With that in mind, let's together open our hearts. You tell God how much you love him. You tell him what is on your heart. We're going to do that in English for a couple minutes. And when you start to run out of words, then you can change over into other tongues. Are you ready? Amen. Let's begin. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for sending your son.
And as we step forward, we hold before the, those things the garments that need to be thrown down. We throw them down at your feet, Jesus. The things that we don't need, the paring off, the, the pulling down. Not the strongholds, but the things that we knew, that we clung to, that are unnecessary for this day. Unnecessary, un not needful that we get a clear picture of what is needful. And we pray for this people. We are who you've called us to be. We will do your purpose. We pray that you would grant every one of us boldness to speak your word by stretching forth and demonstrating that word, by stretching forth your hand to heal in our midst, in this land. In our midst and in this land. In our midst and in this land. Stretching forth your hand to heal. Stretching it forth. Stretching it forth. Healing in this land. Healing in your people. Healing the brokenhearted. Healing. Moving in your people. It's signs and wonders of who you are demonstrated in every one of us who you are demonstrated in every one of us no more restraints no more hindrance paired cleaned clipped prepared prepared for every good work. Oh, prepared by the hand of God for every good work. Prepared, set forth, strong, mighty, by the Holy Ghost. If you're one of those ones,
There are some I know. God knows. Because he keeps bringing it up. Where the stains of yesterday continue to try and come up when you're sleeping. When you're out of this place. It's why he wants you to have that encounter. So that you know how to go in and go out all the time. He's healing those places. He's healing those places today. Healing them. You don't need that memory. You don't need it. You don't need that picture of that memory. Father, I thank you that the blood of Jesus doesn't just heal our brokenness, but it heals the recalling, the remembrances of it. That you stabilize. That worry and anxiety are fleeing from this people, oh God. Fleeing. In the name of Jesus, fleeing and coming off shoulders. That the weights of pain, emotional pain, and some physical pain, coming off shoulders. You just hang on. Wait, it's okay. There's one more piece. The places. Come on. Ushers. Can you remove this stuff? Come stand here, Pastor Neil. Let's put this up here. There's no point in waiting. Some of you put your calls there and trapped it in the hurt. Trapped it there. And it's covered up with the garment that you put around it. Not the Lord, not even the devil, but you put it around it saying, I just can't go forward. You don't know what I've done. God knows. It's time. Get going. Amen. When he's done, I want you to come. Praise God. Praise God. It says in Psalm 107 and verse 20, it says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I've often quoted the first part of that, that he sent his word. His word is Jesus, right? We read that in John, for John chapter 1. His word is Jesus. He sent Jesus and he healed us. He sent Jesus and he healed us. But it also says, and he delivered us from our destruction. When we try to hold on to those things that God wants us to let go of, that's destroying us. He doesn't want that in our lives anymore. We don't need that in our lives anymore. It's our choice to let go of it. If we hang on to it, it's destroying us. But we can let go of it, and he can deliver us from it. Just like that, just as quickly as you can snap your fingers. He can deliver us from that and heal us. Make us whole when we let him. Make us whole. He made us whole. We just have to accept it. On the cross, he made us whole. We just have to accept it. We just have to say yes to it. Oh, hallelujah.
That is a great freedom that he has bought for us. We just have to say yes. Thank you, Lord. You made me free. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.